0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov eip to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits like the child tax credit. That's SSA.gov slash EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense.
1: Food delivery is the best. That is, until it leaves your wallet running on empty. But don't let that spoil your appetite. Regions Life Green Checking and our suite of budgeting tools can help you prioritize your spending around what you love, like cheese fries whenever you feel like it. Plus, your account comes with a contactless check card. Simply tap to pay and be on your way to braving a new beginning. Learn more at Regions.com slash brave the beginning. Regions Bank, member FDIC. Good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 Daily. It is Wednesday. It is the... Fourth of September, if I remember rightly. I'm your host Gav, as always. Um, this show is brought to you by Paddy Power. Paddy Power is a bookmaker's. It has a book. Uh, it has an app. You can get that on your Android. devices, Your Apple. devices. You can get odds on Liverpool Football Club. You can get odds on the LFC Day Tripper specials within the Paddy Power app. You can get odds on all other football and all other sports aside from that. Um, what are we going to do tonight? Well, tonight I'm gonna. I'm, I'm starting to look at the. Other contenders, I suppose, in the league. Probably, I'm going to try look at six or seven other clubs apart from Liverpool over the international break, how their summer went, how their season expectations are, how they feel they've progressed or not from, the, from last season. Um, with me tonight is a sports guest. Um, his name is Flav. He is from the Fighting Cock podcast, which is a sports podcast which has been going about eight years. Flav, how are you?
0: I'm very well mate, thank you for having me
1: on. No problem at all, no problem at all. What we're gonna to do tonight Flav is we're gonna have a little look at Spurs last season, um, as I said, the, the summer they had, transfer window-wise and stuff like that, how their season has started, how you feel it started, and the expectations for the season going ahead with regards to the league, uh, domestic cups, European cup and stuff like that, so um, here we go I suppose. Uh, Let's look, let's take it back to last season. Um, You know, Liverpool met Spurs in the the European Cup final um, on the 4th of June. And for me, neither team really, you know, covered themselves in glory with regards to the performance. But just looking at Spurs last season, did they overachieve in the Champions League and maybe underachieve slightly in the Premier League after being right in it right up to Christmas?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, probably both of those things, really. Uh, I, I think we underachieved in the league because we were concentrating so heavily on that Champions League place. Um, you know, if it wasn't for such a weak top six besides Liverpool and Man City, um, then we, we probably wouldn't have qualified for the Champions League this year. But because Arsenal and um, and Man United were so poor, that it meant that it, we we were allowed to limp over the line and put all our eggs in the Champions League basket. And we overachieved in that we managed to beat Man City in the quarterfinal of the Champions League because no one gave us a chance. When when we were drawn against City, um, it, it was literally the worst draw. I mean, Liverpool was one thing. We had a, a semi-decent performance against Liverpool, and we thought that if we drew you lot, that, that there was a chance that we could get through that over two legs. A like, small chance. You know, Liverpool would have been favourites. But Man City, given what they are and what, they, what they've created and the amount of money that, that, that they have behind them, it, it just seemed like an impossible task. But we played them in the quarterfinals of the of the Champions League at home and we managed to win 1-0. And they didn't play that well. It wasn't the Man City that everyone thought, you know, the, the levels that they've achieved. The, the, the team that turned up at White Lane on that evening wasn't what we thought Man City were or are. And we beat them 1-0. And you think, well, 1-0 going into the Atiad is still a difficult task to for Tottenham. And I'm sure you watched the game. It was just a, it was a complete madness. We got through that game and then then you know, domestic season was almost like inconsequential because we had Ajax in the semi-finals with a real good chance. Like you guys drew, uh, Barcelona. And, uh, that was a much harder tire than Ajax. Ajax turned up at what, uh, lane. Uh, at the time and, and really played us off the park, beat us in the home leg and we had to go to the Amsterdam Arena and and, and beat them and we did and and you talk about overachieving, it Spurs have been sort of labelled with this bottle job tag, uh, or you know, we we, we bottled these big games. We beat Man City over two legs. We beat Ajax coming from behind, you know, not just one nil from home, but they went two nil up. Me and we had to score three away goals. Yeah, it was a crazy one. Yeah, it was madness. So the, the kind of for, for us, for, 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 certainly from my perspective, that wasn't a bottle job mentality. That was a winning mentality, and we got through to the to the final. And um, Liverpool didn't play how we expected them to play. They, they, they Klopp's game management was in, impeccable. He did exactly the right thing to nullify Tottenham. He took away our our ace cards, which was that if you come out and play against us, we have the quality to damage you. And he did, just didn't allow us to do it. gave us possession, which we didn't expect. None, none of us expected. And um, In possession, we, we couldn't do anything because your, your back line was just 10 out of 10. Van Dijk, we know how good he is, but he was as good as everyone thinks he could be on that night and was a massive factor in you lifting your sixth title in Europe. The, the,
1: the game for me, you know, um, it was very hard to assess at the time of the game because it was the European Cup final. And, you know... Liverpool were there the season before, and and probably played better in that game against Real Madrid than he did against Spurs and lost it. Um, and the thing about it was, when you go back and look afterwards, like you said, Klopp's game management he he clearly he clearly decides it's a, it's it's extremely hot. It's been a long season for both teams. Um, there's been a three week break, so there's going to be a little bit of rustiness there. And like you say, I think you tried to, I think the biggest thing you tried to nullify was, um, was Son. Because, yeah. you know, he, he's so intelligent on the break. He, not that he run beyond your defenders every time, but he finds great space. I seen it against Arsenal at the weekend. On yeah. the break, you know, sports could be Three attackers against five defenders and when the ball got the sun, he seemed to have 15 yards of space around him. You know, Mm. um, he's he's a fantastic footballer by the way, an absolutely fantastic footballer. But I think... Liverpool's experience, even though Spurs has had a great run in that European Cup and Champions League, or as we call it, um, I think Liverpool's experience from the year before just seeing them through in the final game. You know, um, the atmosphere in Madrid was unbelievable. Both sets of fans were impeccably behaved. It was, it was a, it was a great advert for English football and and European football. You know, but obviously there had to be one winner and one loser. But but going into the summer, like I'm getting loads of questions in here, like about Jan Vertonghen, I'm getting questions about. Um, Sanchez, at right back, and stuff like that. And I, I will get yeah. into I will get into a couple of things as we go on to this season. But the summer comes for Spurs, and and like Liverpool, Liverpool were expected to spend a lot of money. They were linked with a lot of you know top end players, and would we go out and you know from a position of strength would be strengthened stuff like that was said. And I, for one, wanted to see us bring in one or two players and really strengthen this squad. But Klopp decided, a bit like what Spurs done last year, he was going to you know keep his powder dry this summer and trust the, the squad he had. Spores go out and mm. sign him end and belly from Leon. Um mm-hmm. they sign is it is it Lecelso? Uh, Le L- from Betis and they took, isn't it, the young lad from Leeds that went back on loan? Am I right? Uh, yeah, Jack,
0: Jack Clark. Jack yeah, Clark yeah, he... he's
1: gone back on loan, isn't that correct?
0: Um, and Ryan Sessignon as well. And Sessignon, from, obviously but,
1: yeah from Fulham towards the end of the of the English transfer window. Were you happy with what he done? Because for, for me, looking from the outside in, I'd still have concerns over what the Spurs squad. But were you happy with what he done when it came to the end of that window?
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I was very happy. Um, we, we, we Spurs have, were in an unprecedented state in terms of our transfer activity. We hadn't signed a player for over 500 days, two transfer windows. And we'd gone from that to breaking our transfer record by signing Dombele. And, um, uh, eventually we'll break it, the transfer record again by signing LaCelso after, currently he's on loan, but we, we got obligation to buy at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. So w- with those two signings, key signings and the fact that we have bought Sessignon in as well and Jack Clark for the future, but more importantly, we're linked, heavily linked and with a logistic, a legitimate chance of bringing in the and Fernandez of uh, Sporting that it's clear that spurs are making moves and we're back in the market again. Daniel Levy said he said that we've invested in our training centre. So for three or four years ago we we created the one of the best training centres uh, training grounds in 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 Europe apparently only um equaled by Man City.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um there's also here yeah, uh, there's um there's also the fact that we've built an an entire new stadium in North London,
1: which looks it's amazing, Costa. by
0: the way. Yeah, it is amazing. It looks amazing. It looks apart, and it's not just about the game itself. It's before the game and after the game. People are coming to Tottenham. They're entering the stadium hours before it, it, the game starts. It's
1: the whole game experience from from yeah. hours before kickoff. Yeah, Anfield has really improved with that as well over the last couple of years. It seems to be a major thing for clubs now.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and then that's that's how they make money. And look at and I'm an old school. I'm 37 years old. I've, I've watched Spurs. In Tottenham, when I was paying £3 to get in on the door when I, you know, I was in my early teens, mm. to to what it is now where you're paying £60 for a game against Newcastle uh, and spending all your money inside the stadium. So football's changed immeasurably, and I, I don't necessarily agree with all of it. But in terms of a, a solid business practice for a, a club like Tottenham and, and, and any top club in Europe, getting fans in through the door, 60,000 people spending money for two hours before and two hours afterwards is... You know, in terms of business, the correct way to to conduct your activities, and uh, and that's what Spurs have done. But you know, going back to the, the the transfer market, we had we've been starved of of transfer. The squad was starting to get stale. We've bought in at least two key players and, and and two players for the future, which will help us regenerate. But what I was saying about Levy is that he's he's invested in the youth set up in terms of the training facilities. He's invested in the stadium, and by his own words, has said it's now time to invest in the squad. So Spurs has bought two key players, potentially free if Cessnaon kicks on. We've got the January transfer if we sign another player, then, and then another free in, in the, uh, in, the in, in the transfer window next summer. Then we're we're starting to kick into gear. The fact that we've even been able to maintain while all this is going on and not signing players is fantastic. Um, so yeah, look, I'm I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm really happy, and I, I think that the real Tottenham Hotspur or what what we can possibly achieve this season will be realised in September and October when you know Lascello and and Dumbbelli are up to speed and Vertonghen, uh Alderweireld and Ericsson who had been mooted to potentially leave the club are understanding the fact that they're staying with us to the end of the season because they can't go anywhere else down there even if they leave on the free, they're with us and they're going to be playing because who knows what's, uh, what, what clubs are going to come into at the end of the season, so we're going to have a motivated squad and I think Tottenham are going to go on to do good things this year, we're not going to win the league but we're going to do good things
1: <laughs> Yeah, Listen, I, I don't disagree with most of what you said I do believe they, they, they've I've, I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be out straight with you. I think Liverpool and, and City are levels ahead of, of what else is in the league. I'm being honest with you. I just think the squads I they don't have. Disagree with you. I the, do I think, not only the, the, the level of squad they have, I think the, the experience they have. I think they're further down the road than a lot of squads. Now you could argue that Spurs squad has been together, but he's re, he's not revamped the Jordan summer, but he's, he's signed in, in in crucial areas, which can be hard. If you can get Andam and you can get, um, Lisselto going and you can get Sessignon going, um, in September, October, you'll be doing really, really well. You know, I looked at the likes of Fabinho coming to Liverpool and take three to four months to even be considered yeah. as, as a starter, you know, um, it yeah. was something obvious and it was something very methodical that, that Jürgen Klopp done with him. Um, and mm-hmm. we're reaping the benefits now. He's, he's, <clears throat> he's strolling around football pitches now as if he's played in the Premier League for 10 years, you know, um, mm-hmm. But just looking at the squad itself, like Lascelles, so we don't know a lot about. And <clears throat> Belly I'd seen a little bit of with Leon, and was highly impressed. Cessignon, I think, needed a move to a bigger club um, for the direction of his career. Um, I think it may, he may have gone stale at, at Fulham had he been at, there any longer. Uh, and Clark is, is another one that will will you know come on as as the seasons as, as the seasons progress. But the one area I look at is is right back. Now I've seen a comment in here earlier um, saying. <laughs> You know, uh, don't play Davison Sanchez or right back again. He looked out on his feet. People are giving out to me because I'm not reading the chats that are here. Um, I, am I'm, I'm actually taking note of stuff people are saying because I want to ask it later on. So they need mm-hmm. to stop giving out to me or I'll get very upset. Um, <laughs> so, but the one thing was right back, like, and I, I just want to get your feelings on this because there was, there was some sort of rumour going around that, you know, Trippier lives and he's being kind of quoted as saying there was issues going on in the background. Pochettino comes out and starts talking about circumstances when they when they were beaten by Newcastle. Uh, you know, uh, Serge Aurier looks like a player that Spurs would like to get rid of, but I don't know how that happens now if he if he's mm-hmm. under contract. And right back does look an issue. Um you've mentioned Vertonghen there missing for the first few games of the season. You have Aldevaril. Mm-hmm. I think is he in his last year of a deal. You know, th- there is a, there is a few question marks to be had around that. Mm-hmm. But right back in particular, were you surprised at what he done with that with that situation?
0: No, because Trippier was average at best last year. Like, it, look, forget whatever Trippier is saying. Trippier is going to push his own agenda, and by and large, if you speak to any Spurs fan, if we had the opportunity to sell Trippier at the end of the season for twenty-one million, you'd bitten the hands off. Because what people understand of Kieran Trippier is the the goal that he scored against in, in the semi-finals against Croatia. Croatia. Incredible, incredible um, free kick and, and a great performance from a right back for England during the World Cup. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't good enough for Tottenham next year last uh, last season. No, I did see was, that,
1: I did see that mentioned quite a lot in France.
0: Levels of what, what you'd require. So you had an option. You had Athletic Madrid are willing to spend the money. We'll take that money and we'll trust in our two young players that they're going to fill fill the void left by Trippier. And it wasn't a gargantuan void. It was a, it was a, um, it was a, an easily replaceable position for us. So we had Carl uh, uh, Walker Peters, who is more than capable of playing that role. He's, he's just signed a five-year deal last year, probably with the promise of the fact that this season he was going to get game time. You know, he's 22, 23. This isn't a prospect. This is someone who's been under Pochettino's tutelage for many, many years. And only didn't get game time because he had Carl Walker and Trippier in front of him. So, so uh, Pochettino is looking at that situation and thinking, well, we're getting 20 plus million for Trippier, who is that's about his market value. He's getting on. We're not going to offer him a new contract with it, with, with better, uh, better wages. So we trust in in, in the younger uh, understudy that's coming through, who has going forward not certainly doesn't have delivery that Trippier does, but definitely has the the dribbling technique and progression technique that uh, that we're looking for in, in, in our right-backs to at least cover his position or do as well as Trippier did. So it was, it, it's, the, the, there's no issue about right-back. The issue we've got, and the reason why Sanchez started against Arsenal at right-back, actually, I have no... I was going to swear then. I have no idea... You can swear if you like. I've no fucking idea why Davids and Sanchez the <laughs> right back against yeah. Arsenal.
1: No, because a, a few people on the chat here have said what what was going on with Davis and Sanchez at right back. Well, he looked uncom- reason, he looked uncomfortable to begin with. Then he looked then he looked like he forgot he was playing right back, and then literally looked like he'd ran a marathon on about yeah, seventy I, I look, minutes. Look, a,
0: a full-back position is completely different from a centre back. Is it all we know? And I'm not professing to know more than Pochettino. Uh, I'm sure he had his reasons for playing him there. I, I don't know what those are, and I can never understand them. The reason why we're in a situation where Davinson Sanchez was playing right back in the game against our biggest rivals, the biggest game of the season, Arsenal away. But any Spurs game doesn't matter what you, what, who says what about who our rivals are, who our main competitors are, who we hate. Arsenal away is the game, the only one we're really interested in. So to go into that game with Davinson Sanchez as right back against a, a forward line. It cost 200 million to, to assemble. It, it was it was a result of the fact that Carl Walker Peters was injured, and Yvan Foyf was injured also. So we had we had and sorry Eric Dyer also got injured in training this yeah. week. So we had no options. We the only option we had, which was would be more sensible in my eyes, would be Toby Alderweireld at right back because he's played there for Belgium. And Davison Sanchez playing his natural position as a centre back. <laughs> P- P- Pochettino knows knows more than I do, so all I can say is that he decided to pay. He may
1: he may have looked at it. He may have looked at it with the idea Obama Yang plays left side and Davison Sanchez pace could do something. You know to to, um, you know take take that danger away to some sort of degree. Rather than Al the world, I presume Davison Sanchez has more pace than it may have been something like that. Um, I, I have to, I have to ask you this question, Flav, because we've got into this, um, routine of asking every guest this question, right? So, and it's, it will sound weird, but go with me. Um, you're on top of a roof, a building. Okay. It's a flat roof mm-hmm. building. There's another building across the way. How far could you jump between two buildings? Um, so there's two flat roof buildings. Two flat roof buildings, and you have to jump from one to the other. How far how away far? could them buildings be? Yeah, how how far could you jump? Because they're, they're, the people in the chat are asking me, ask them the ask them the building question. No,
0: no, no fair enough. I, I, I get it. I understand what they want to know. Um, I I reckon I could comfortably do six and a half, no seven feet. I could do seven feet.
1: Seven feet. Okay, that's not bad. So that's that's just over two meters.
0: Yeah, okay. I mean, no, I'm I'm 37. I'm getting on. I think <clears throat> so am I I'm, um, yeah, in my prime, I could have done it longer, but right now, I'd, yeah, you can have as much of a
1: run up as you like. Remember that, you know, there's no restriction on the run up. So yeah. a lot I'm of people, running. a lot of people like to know that. Um, let me see. Uh, there's a couple of people saying that they could jump. Oh, Stephen Max says he can jump a foot. From roof to roof, I think I, I think he said that before. You said seven and a half, so I don't. Think, I don't think yeah. there's any needle there. I don't think he's doing it just to upset you. Um, I, I think well, too. well do, do you know what? Um, I'm gonna add that the viewers are gonna throw me stuff now because, uh, as the, um, and as you would expect, most of them are Liverpool fans. But you know they're quite a knowledgeable group. Um, you know. I want to ask the viewers what the, how they think Spurs will get on this season, how and probably where they will come. I, I, I've tipped them to become third in the league, so um, but I'd like to know what the viewers think um, with regards to Spurs' finish position.
0: But well, I think I, I think that third would be an acceptable position for Spurs to finish this year. I think progress is really about whether or not we can close the gap on Liverpool and Man City because it's clear that those two clubs are, are head and shoulders above everybody else. And, and that's come about because you have a supremely talented manager in Jürgen Klopp who understands what he needs to, uh, fix in his squad. So Van Dyke, Alisson and, uh, sort of reinvigorating that mid- midfield with Kleiter and, um, Fabinho. So he, he's, his acquisitions in the transfer market turned Liverpool into a club that was top four material like Tottenham are now to a league title challenge in the space of one season and that is an incredible feat and one that can't be denied. And it's 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 almost like you know Liverpool a few seasons ago were behind t- Spurs, like where where we were finishing like it was you know, as a football club as a as a global entity, perhaps not, but what was happening in the Premier League, they were behind. And and, and Klopp came in and addressed what needed to be addressed and has now become the only plausible challenger to a club that's completely financially doped, that it's it's almost unbelievable that the, 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 the um there is a Premier League that is led by a team like Man City. It's unbelievable that it's got to this stage where they can just spend their way out of it. Oh, yeah, you're, playing,
1: a... you're playing against the might of a country. That's been that's oh. that's the realistic. Oh. Uh, yeah, outcome know, yeah. you know. Um, a oh, lot, of, a lot of people, a lot of people here are tipping spores. Um, CDN LFC Red says spores between toward and fifth. Maverick says spores toward. Kev Sullivan says uh, I think spores will get toward by default. Um. I think what he's saying is that you're, you're kind of in that area where Liverpool, Liverpool and City are there, and then Spurs are probably in that little gap on their own, and the rest on, on behind. Well, you. But he does I mean, he does mention he does mention one thing, um, and I will come back to in a sec, in a second because it's it's one it's something I wanted to discuss with regards to the start yeah. of the season. Barry Carr says Endon Belly looks the business, um, but I don't think the other business Spurs have done is great. Uh, past, um, looks like a, a battle for top four rather than automatic third yeah, yeah, we'll have to wait and see, obviously, on, on Endembele and, and La Celso, anyway, we've seen what Young can do with Fulham, I think he could go up another level with, with a better team around him, and he does have a better team with regards to sports. Um but one of the listeners touched on something there, and it's I wanted to go back to with regards to how the season's gone so far, Harry Kane, okay, um, brilliant goal scorer, people call him a one-season wonder, I think he's, <laughs> he's I think he might have scored about would it be very... good got 30, go-
0: 30 <laughs> goals a season for four seasons, so...
1: Yeah, OK, so there you go. It's over 100 goals. You know, it's, it's a phenomenal strike rate, let's be perfectly honest about it. And only Mohamed Salah has stopped him from another two golden boots, would i be right in saying. Um, beat him lad the season before last and, and came level with him. Was it last season? Is this, no, uh, uh, no, no. Is
0: this going to lead to uh, Carrie Kane's diving? This- no,
1: no, 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 I don't want to go into that. Um, OK. I, I don't go into that team because... Um, all you get is comparisons between where well, if Salah done that and if Kane done that and stuff like that. So oh, I, I don't, no, I don't uh, want to go into uh, that at all. I just want to go into, uh, and it's just from watching sports because I've watched them, I watched them against Villa. I just happen to have seen a lot of sports to be honest with you. Um I've watched them against Villa, I watched them against, uh, Man City and I watched them against Arsenal. I didn't see their game against, um, Newcastle when they were, when they were beaten. Um it was poor. It was poor. does Harry Kane's I suppose not as form. He has a couple of goals, but does his demeanor or his fitness or anything give you anything to be concerned about? Because for me, he does look a little bit off the pace. Uh, no,
0: no, not, not 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 really. No, I mean um, the, the challenge we've had this season was that there was one that the first challenge against Newcastle against Villa, we absolutely destroyed them in, in the second half, and the fact that we scored three goals. To beat them on the on the opening day of the season was completely justified and and as you would expect and what we deserved. It was only because it, it it took a such a a performance in the second half to beat Villa as a new coming team into the Premier League that there were any questions. But overall, the performance against them was excellent in my opinion. The Man City game and he scored two goals in that game. The Man City game. Um, they are are and will continue to dominate many many teams and they are a, a great football inside man city because the, the amount of money that's been pumped into them we managed to get a scrape a draw out of that that game was never going to be one that harry kane or any other or, or any of our other players were, were going to be covered in glory and because we got dominated ultimately newcastle they they had such a low block um such a defensive outlook that once they scored it was that, you know we had 80% possession over 90 minutes and uh, sorry over 45 minutes in the second half, it was all, they just give it to us and we just didn't have the the guile and ingenuity and plan to break them down. It wasn't down to Harry Kane at all. And I think because Harry Kane is so good and the levels that you set are so high and the bar that you set are so high, is that whenever he you know he might go a game or two without scoring, there, there are questions to, to to be asked about him. Very right, fair point. Yeah, you know, the same, the same, same questions were asked to Salah. You know, yeah. his second syndrome, he's not as good. And then he ends up being top goal scorer again. So, you know, like, it's easy to ask these questions, but the fact is he's, he's a great striker, one of the best in Europe. He will always deliver in the end. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's not going to go for this season without scoring 25 goals. And, and to have a player like that who can guarantee you that over a season, it means that, uh, that, that you can forgive him for having a couple of quiet games, especially when someone a team like Newcastle turn up or Burnley turn up and just stink the place out.
1: Yeah, do, do, do you know what? Like, it's a very fair point you have made. You know, if he drops to any sort of level at any stage, people will question him simply because of the, you know, the player he is and, and the standards he set. That's an absolutely um that's an absolutely fair point to make. I'm I'm while you were talking there, I was I was just thinking about the games I've watched, and I don't know maybe is. Is he just not i 'm not going to say walking as hard you know a few people have said here he doesn 't look fit um and maybe that 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 is a, a thing that could be thrown at him because of the way they 're playing, but I just for me Harry Kane is the sort of guy that runs it runs the runs the channels, gets hold of the ball, brings player in into play you know another way and he 's a really good link up man as well as being a really good goal scorer in and around oh. the box. Could it be something that's just a slight change in tactics, where he's told to stay more central for more of the game? Could could that be just the way it is, and and we're just kind of seeing it slightly different? I think, uh,
0: yeah, I think the, the the formations that we're playing and and the way we're playing it means that the more emphasis has to go on other other elements of of the formation or tactical plan. Um, that he is asked to stay up top and if he does drop deep to get the ball and he, he desperately wants it, he wants the ball at his feet all the time. That it might be out of frustration that he does sort of break ranks and, and does drop deep. Um, I just really, I don't see, I don't know, I don't know what other people are saying outside the club. But there, there is no conversation within the Tottenham fan base and on our podcast where we feel like there's any issue around Kane at all. Yeah, no, it's just, it's just
1: something I've just kind of watched um, during the Sports game, and like I've always watched Kane and thought he's brilliant at running the channels. He's actually brilliant at running the channels, committing defenders, and and I'm not going to go into a diving issue, but he's actually
0: good at getting <laughs> getting free kicks from these areas, and you know, and we we can, mate. He, he does he does go over easy, he does go over easy, he does. He does fall in a certain way in the penalty box that would make it look like he was sim- simulating, and I can understand why other fans look at him and go, "Yeah, he's diving." But really, fundamentally, no no fan of any club can be completely honest and say that they don't care, like that they genuinely care if their players are going over and win a penalty. Like Kane is not going to simulate when he's not touched by a foot. But if he feels like he can win a penalty by placing his body in the same way and then going over, he will do it like any other forward, a decent forward in the world. No honest forward ever got to the very top of the game. Neymar dives, uh, Messi dives, Suarez dives, um, Salah dives, Harry Kane dives. I'm not going to deny it, he does. Um, I don't care when he does because I don't really care about the feelings and opinions of other other fans. I care about us winning the game and if we can... If we can get a penalty, like against Arsenal, honestly, mate, I hate them so much that if we would have got a penalty in the last minute and didn't deserve it, it would be better.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely am. You know it's, what I mean? Right? Like, like Maverick here said, it's not diving; it's drawing the foul. Um, you know, the, yeah, like mate, just yeah. just come and I don't, really, I really don't want to get into a, a diving conversation. But the, the incident against Arsenal the other day? The funny thing is, if he hadn't have moved towards that defender, okay, and. You got it. If he had not made that move towards the defender, and the defender, his arms were coming anyway, his hands were coming on his back anyway, and he'd have just stumbled forward, he would have got a penalty.
0: He would have got a penalty.
1: But that that movement towards the defender, the touch, and then... I think, not even the stumble forward, it's, it's the legs losing
0: you know, going up in yeah. the air, you know. No, what, what, yeah, what he does is puts, he puts both feet in the ground yeah. and then and, and then goes over. Yeah. I'm fine with it. I, I, I don't care. I don't yeah, care either he either does way, to
1: be honest with you, either way, because like, I'm being honest with you, if Mo Salah dives and gets away You're with taking... it, even after VAR and Liverpool get a penalty to win the league on the last Sweet day of the season shit. in the 94th minute, i could not care less um, what exactly, he's done.
0: Exactly. So, and, and and here we can embrace in, in uh, a equivalent uh, viewpoint on, on, on diving because there isn't a single fan under the earth under under the sun on this earth who really cares whether or not they're a simulation when they win the penalty because absolutely. that's the game. That's the game, man.
1: Yeah, no, that's a, a, absolutely fine. Just before we finish, um you know, I've asked a few people what they feel like with Spurs and what they'll do. A couple have said a domestic trophy. They feel Spurs will win a domestic trophy um this season, so I'm I'm, I'm presuming you would
0: absolutely take that. Um, well, I'd, I'd, just, I'd take it, but isn't a barometer of our success? Yeah, no, you know,
1: I, I think I think a domestic the trophy would be good as a stepping yeah, stone I mean, towards different
0: things. No, it, um, it may be. I mean, look, we, we've got to a situation without winning a trophy where the FA Cup and the League Cup don't really mean anything to us anymore. Yeah. Like, it means, as fans, as, like, like tell, I, I couldn't speak of anything better of going to Wembley and watching Spurs win the FA Cup. But as a football club, it, winning an FA Cup or a League Cup doesn't progress us. If Klopp wins a League Cup this season and finishes eighth, there'll be talk about whether or not he should keep his job. And the same thing with, with Pochettino. The only tr- two trophies that matter to Pochettino and our board are the Champions League and the Premier League. That's all that matters. And we can go close to winning those, like within touching distance as we did last year, and that's worth more than winning the League Cup. As fans, we want it because we want the glory, but in terms of the way football is run now, you know, there's only two trophies that matter. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. there's only, with Man City and Liverpool in, in, in the league, Spurs are not going to win the Premier League, and we're not going to win the Champions League. So it doesn't matter whether we win a domestic trophy.
1: Yeah, Ke- Kev O'Sullivan says the problem with is when the refs don't give the genuine ones. That's a fair point as well. Barry Carr says Gav can't recall a single solid dive. That's because I'm a Liverpool fan and I'm going to look at it the way Flav looks at uh, Hardy Kane absolutely. and go, no, God don't you. care, don't care. You know, don't um, care. It's, it's, uh, you know, you're absolutely spot on there. Uh, Kadir says top four in a domestic cup for sports. Um, let me see... Maverick says the domestic cups are now uh, symbolic for, the, for Liverpool, not must haves. And yeah, I, I yeah. think, I think when you're in the Champions League, any team that are regularly in the Champions League, domestic cups become that because of the money and the prestige, you know, and, and stuff like that. But before you go, Flav, um, it's been a great conversation. I've really, really enjoyed it. Do, Me too. Just um, your prediction on the top four in order, what would they be for the, for, for, come the end of the season?
0: Uh, it, it will be, at the start of the season, I said Liverpool, Man City, Spurs and Arsenal. Mm -hmm. But I have to, just purely based on the the, the performance that Man City had against Spurs, how completely dominated we were, Mm -hmm. Um, I have to say Man City are going to win the league. And although, you know, I, I, I generally hope that isn't the case. But I think Man City will finish top. Liverpool will comfortably finish second. And my hope is that Spurs close the gap between the two. And unfortunately, because... Man United have hired Solskjaer and they're, they're a fucking mess. And that you know, if they finish in the top four, it'd be a miracle. And Chelsea in the same situation, they can't sign anyone. They have a novice manager, a manager who's managed 54 league games or whatever it was for Derby mm-hmm. last year. Forget it. It's Frank Lampard is a novice. Uh, so yeah, the top four would be. Man City, Liverpool, Spurs, Arsenal. That's my opinion.
1: Okay, nice to see a sports fan want an Arsenal back in the Champions League. Um, I've them. i actually do not want <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just the way things have fallen, and this is I suppose is why I want to have chats. I'm I'm gonna have chats with um, Man City fans, uh, United, Arsenal, um, Everton. Leicester fans, because I feel that this top four, top six is way more open this season than it has been, simply Wait, because I, of the of the circumstances you've just you've just them um,
0: absolutely. Just I, spoken I, I, about. I, I think we could conceivably see a top six that involves Leicester and and, and Everton.
1: Yeah, we absolutely could. We absolutely could if, if, especially if if the likes of say Arsenal and you know if Arsenal United were to quite, go quite deep in the they're both in the Europa League, I guarantee if they were to go quite deep in that. Um, you could probably see them prioritising that as their way into the Champions League, um, much like United done uh, a couple of seasons ago and Arsenal tried to last season. So um, we will have to wait and see. Um, Flav, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thanks for joining thanks, me. Back. I'll have you on again at some stage throughout the season, if possible. Um, but uh, that's been the Fatback 4 Daily uh, for Thursday. The, no, it's not Thursday. It, no, it's definitely not. It's Wednesday, the 4th of September. Uh, thanks for joining us. Over now. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.